it's vinyl. It's stuck on our wall. I saw the blowtorch on it. I guess was that to get all the air pockets out, or I think yeah. I don't know if it it just caused it, caused it to shrink up and I could adhere to things. I mean, I could see it moving when the heat when he would apply the heat to it. So huh. I've never seen that technique. <clears throat> so, but he's the pro, he's the professional. So. Yeah, yeah. Our our logo is not easy to to do right because it's got it's got so much distressing on it, and so the edges. And so when I came in, that was the first thing I saw is the edges are actually cut out. Yep. Uh, but the interior. Um, isn't which is which is good. It, it, it's a really nice, well done uh, piece. Yep, it was worth the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was free. I should I should go ahead and nothing's say it. for free. <clears throat> if you uh, if you, you need any signage, what are they, what all they do? Signs um, of all sorts: big ID signs, little metal stake signs, things like this, vinyls, wraps, windows, whatever. And you're uh, in the Dallas area. First Graphic Services is what they're called. But yeah, very cool. It it, it makes the uh, I think it makes the studio more complete here. Yeah. Now I just need to. Rep- I'm gonna get some foam, some more black foam to replace these acoustic panels, and should be good to go. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, John, this is. Uh, I feel like we've we're we're trending. We have a trend going here with your level of exhaustion. I feel like it's higher than it was last week. Yeah, because I'm dealing with sickness on top of it, and I worked until five last night, and I had to be up by nine, I think, when when M- M- Mrs. Mrs. Ross <laughs> uh, was was pinging me. Oh, is this her doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so so how how do you how do you continue to get yourself in these things where you've got to work all night? I don't understand that. It just I'm I'm on so many projects where things are happening and the, the solution to them is not quick and easy. And so I'm having to spend a ton of hours. I, I was thinking about this too, cause I knew you were going to ask me and I, I think it just comes down to, it takes time to do things right. And, you know, as much as I want to just kind of do a quick and easy and be done with it, I can't, it, yeah. it takes time to do yeah. things right. Especially if you have, I mean, cause there's sometimes when you have so little budget, it, everything's just got to be a sloppy, put it together and yeah. get it out the door. But yeah, if you've got the budget, you want to do things right, and it it does. Well, this isn't it even does a, take time. this isn't even a budgetary thing of doing it right. I mean, it's it was it, it was kind of filling gaps uh, because we're kind of in a crunch on one of my projects where it's coming to the end of one of the phases, and we have people scheduled or lined up to kind of go in and start looking at stuff. And there was some kind of gap where once we started getting the the data loaded, we're like, okay, this isn't the working the way we thought it was going to work. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we. This is uh, the financial services cloud. <clears throat> and so we decided we we're going to take over or take ownership over this one piece of functionality. Well, because it's financial services cloud, it's already doing a bunch of stuff. So we had to kind of unhook what it was doing. And as I was trying to take over ownership of this kind of logic, I had to selectively turn off validation rules and I had to, to kind of understand how it was triggering things and get rid of the things it was doing so that I can do my things. And so there was this, it, it was this really complex piece of logic, which isn't ideal when you're running on zero little sleep. It's spread across all sorts of different types of primitives, basically. Yeah. And so I've got, I've got code that spans probably six, seven different objects. Um, just because it got really complicated. It wasn't like the simple, even though it sounds simple, it's like, okay, when this record gets created, uh, put the relationship on this field, on this record, mm-hmm. you know, so you can create that reference. And then, but it wasn't that simple. There was 
the automation firing when that gets created and creating data. And but that this new data that gets created needs to take precedence because it has additional information that we need to keep this integration going. And this other thing is creating duplicate data that doesn't have the information. So I did have all these cleanup routines and it was it was just short long story short, it was just really complicated code. And then on top of it, it was further complicated by the fact that um, I wasn't getting debug logs. Because for some reason, Salesforce. What is up with that? Why is this? Why this is the problem that just always recurs? I get I get these trace flag errors, and so even if I go into the user interface in Salesforce and try to create a debug or try to enable a trace, yeah, it gives me this error, and, when, and my Luminate Cloud was throwing errors, and so I just wasn't getting any debugs. So I I couldn't troubleshoot. Well, I had to rel- I had to like add things into my test. I couldn't even get debug statements. So I just I just had to like brute force just try to figure out how to do this without debug logs. God, that's you know because the the worst type of debugging in the world is just is just you know a bunch of print statements, right? Yeah. Or de- you know logging statements. That's that's the bottom of the barrel of of debugging. Uh, and when you can't even do that, I mean, what do you when you've got what is past the bottom of the barrel, John? Because <laughs> that's where we are. Insanity. I, I, and I don't understand this. I mean, this has been going on for. You know, I don't know, almost ten years or something like that. I mean, yeah. where you can't sometimes just for unexplainable reasons, you can't get the logging doesn't work. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, I I did everything I could. I I did queries and manually deleted all the the logs that were there and took and deleted any kind of existing tr- uh, traces. I guess yep. they're calling them traces now. Yeah, um, all the existing trace entries, even though they were all expired, I deleted them all. And then I went in because it wouldn't even show the debug logs in the UI. You know, normally you can go into the debug and set up and see the logs that are there. They're there in the database because you can query them, but they weren't there in the UI. That's okay. That's another thing. I mean, again, this isn't one of these areas. I mean, it's there are so many bugs with this. It's it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's like how how big does Salesforce need to get where their basic <laughs> stuff works? So yeah, there's you can go in there in the UI and create these trace flags, and and I've done this where you create one. No error message says, okay, great. And I look and it's not there. And so I create, try to create it again. And I think it's, I think it was, it's if you cr- try to create one of a certain type, maybe if like your trace flag is on a user account or something, I don't know. There's, there's certain, it's like, I think it's with certain ones. So you can, you know, just try to create it again. Okay, I'll try to create the same thing again. And then it says, oh, you can't do that. There's already one with that same exact setting. Yeah. But it's, but it's not there, but it's you can't see it. You can't delete it. I mean, maybe you can, maybe you can see it via the tooling API. Actually, I've never tried that, but yeah. Um, Gosh, it's like. Well, that was the other thing. Like, I, you can't you can't technically run a delete delete command on the Apex debug logs. You have to use the tooling API. So it's not like I could query and say do a DML delete on that object. You can't. You have to yeah. you have to get the IDs. Or actually, what I did is I went to the Dev Console, ran the query, and then it has the option to use the tooling API to run that delete, which is really weird. It's yeah. really weird that that concept exists. That it's it's such a common thing that it exists in the developer console to do that, but um, yeah, I just I don't but anyways know. that 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 compounded this complicated piece of code that happened last minute, so that consumed like two days of my time. Oh my gosh! And did so you, did pro- you have the problem of you can't get logs that happen inside a managed package with that financial service thing? Well, that's the other problem. I, yeah. I can't, and so there's other other issues related to that with financial services as we try to augment functionality or remove functionality or replace functionality is we, we don't know what we break when we do it and we have no chance at seeing what is breaking or what it is doing. And it, even though there is developer documentation on some of the things, it's really high level. It doesn't really tell you what it's doing. You just kind of get an, a, an understanding that when there's an update, something fires over here. Uh, but you don't get any details. And I think that's one of the flaws of 
of the way they implemented these applications like financial services cloud or health cloud or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. because they're managed packages it, it's 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 their code with your code and now you have like these two competing code bases and it's just it's ugly it is very ugly <clears throat> i mean just that model that the whole model is it's just this is not fun. This is not a good way to work. This yeah. is not a good way to build software. And so we have this one problem where we're in financial services cloud. And when you create a, a financial account, we believe and what we've seen in the past is that it would automatically create a relationship to the household record. Well, all of a sudden that stopped working. And we have, we tried and tested, but because it's such a black hole with the debugging, we have no idea if we did something in the config that broke that or what. We're not getting any error messages. We're not getting any failures anywhere yet this piece of functionality that we believe used to work doesn't work anymore. And now we're like, we're getting close to the end of the line. And we're like, do I just create a new trigger that does that for it? And if if me doing that, am I breaking something else? So it's just this weird thing when it comes to these applications where, and in fact, it was going to be one of my tips that if you're working with financial <laughs> services or health cloud or any of these things, double or triple what you think it's going to take to do it because now you have to deal with what it's doing and try to decouple that. Because like I said, this this one thing, Normally, I would have estimated at six, eight hours to do that, that customization, task. a small task. <clears throat> well, it ended up taking me That's two and a half days, yeah. so 16, 20 hours to do that. So you got behind, but right? That put me behind. Yeah. And so I had to get caught up on a bunch of other stuff because I was already behind. And so that meant that last night, in order to get this demo ready for tomorrow, I had to just, I had just had to. I had to muscle through it all night to get it to oh. a point where it's demoable. So this other client, I just would have said, "Listen, me. I'm running into things that are out of my control. They're third party <laughs> things, and I, it's just taking longer. And that's all there is. I, I can't, you know. I, that's why estimates are estimates, and that's why I know. I know I, ir- I do irritate people, but I, I almost never will commit to a date. There are, t- and if I, if they, if they say, "Well, we need a for sure date," then I'll, I mean, I will choose a a date that is about three or four times longer than what I think I need. Because I don't know what I'm going to run up yeah. against. Unless it's something you've exactly built before and you control all the infrastructure and all the pieces involved, then it's literally out of your control in a lot of cases. And man, in this Salesforce world, whatever anything that can break is going to break. I mean, I've seen some recent spectacular dumpster fires with like things like HEDA, the, the higher educational data architecture or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. that uh, Salesforce uh, produces. And there's some good things about HEDA, but I mean, it's got, and I don't know what was the, the deal with this, but you know, they'd installed it and, and it's a managed package. And they were also doing like a, a, this big data migration and they were doing like tests, like migration tests. And turns out that, and they were going to, I think they were trying to like delete a bunch of stuff they loaded. And there's this, I guess there's bugs in HEDA and, and it's throwing exceptions when they try to delete data because it just mm-hmm. doesn't know. And they just, those use cases, those paths through the system had not been tested by any of their tests or whatever, I guess. And I'm just, I'm just causing so many problems. <laughs> and again, uh, no logs. And it's you don't pay for it, really, so it's not really supported the way a commercial software would be supported. Huh. Even though Salesforce pressures people to, you know, pressure schools to use it. Like, they don't charge for it. So, but because they don't charge for it, it's not, it's not really supported very well. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I'll contrast to that to like, there's some companies that do a really good job, like Conga, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. you log, a, you need some help with Conga. I mean, they're they're on top of it, and they get back to you quickly. They with smart people who are properly trained, who speak English pretty well, um, and with something like Hida, you know, I saw them waiting around for basically days. You know, I think there was somewhere to log a case or something, but it's just it's like, yeah, it's just nothing. It's just not set up for that. But you have to use it. I mean, they basically 
and they really encourage, I'll use that word, um, their you know, higher ed customers to use that package. Yeah. And man, and, and, and then when you, you know, anytime in Salesforce, because I wanted to ask you about communities, just for an update on that, but like, if you're using any of the non-core stuff, communities, person accounts, HEDA, any of these vertical things, and if, and even worse, if you're using like two or three of those, you really start to get the cross-section and it exposes just so many edge cases that are just, yeah. you know, bu- it's bug city. It is. <laughs> and it's just, you but know, I, I would suggest like use one of those at the most because it, they have not been cross-tested, you know, matrix-tested with each other. Yeah, I w- I'm actually, uh, what I was working on all night was a community and I'm... I wanted to ask you, I'm, so I want to ask you what you, how, how, because you don't, you had not done a lot of community work. I'd done more than you. Yeah. And... Of course, I've talked about that some in the past, but I'm, I'm just curious to get I, your ongoing, your rolling opinion of and and your uh, experience with communities. I I understand why you go full custom now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I refuse. I refuse to well, do a community other than full custom. We had this short timeline, and and so we said, okay, you have this short timeline. It's a pilot that you want to get going, and you want to advance this over time. You want to really build out this community, and so we're like, okay, well, we can we can use more of the native stuff. And we can build components. So we can drag and drop those custom components on the screen. And mm-hmm. now you're faster to market because you got all this. Sure. The cons are you have to live within the templates. Well, the client forgot that for, forgot for, <laughs> forgot that that we had that conversation and um, started wanting a more custom UI. They wanted it to to whiz and bang. They're like, we don't want to put this ugly thing in front of our clients, and you know we want it to be this. And so I'm like, well, and so I'm slowly slowly just trying to get rid of things in the template and using css to hide things which is the wrong way to do it but i have to because i need a certain header or i need to do certain things and so i'm having to replicate all this functionality um and sales for it being this kind of templated system this well thought out templated component-based system it has no good api to hook into any of the existing systems at best, you get you get an override on the menu system, so at least you can use that that. But like the profile logging out, there's no way to log out. Everyone is having to do this hack URL of yes. dot dot forward slash uh, secure. Yep. What's that's S U C R. Yep. Forward slash logout. What and, the and, hell is that? And find that in the documentation, by the way. Oh, and you have to do the dot dot <laughs> because otherwise it uses the the portal. Uh, Node, I think it's like S or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you have to get it back to the root. So if you don't do dot yeah. dot, then it doesn't work. Yeah. You get a page unknown. Yeah. And if you don't know, to because I saw a bunch of people online who didn't know to do that. And so they were like coming up with all these ways and hard coding the full path URL. I'm like, no, you just have to do dot dot. But yeah. it's, it's just, that's just crusty. You should, <laughs> you should get an API command that says log out yeah. on the community. I, 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 I even tried the old Apex way of doing it because in the old Apex way, you have a network object. And you can get the current user's network ID, and then you could say, get me the logout for the network that this community's on. But that doesn't work because hmm. there's no context between your Apex and your community. It doesn't know. It doesn't know that you're in a community at that point. It doesn't. No. It doesn't know, that the, it doesn't know what the current logged in user is. Yeah, for some there. reason, like in Visual Force, Visual Force knew that it was in a community. And so it had that context. So you could say network.get the current network. Tell me what the current yep. network right. is. Yep. Um, and why is it called network? It's uh, that before they, I, I'm, I've always wondered that. I, it's just got to be before they decided how, how they were going to brand it, which they've changed. It used to be yeah. portals, and then now it's communities. I mean, it's technically a different product, but it's 
it's just like version two. So anyways, I thought right. I was being smart and thinking, oh, well, well I'll just get Apex to tell me what their what the logout URL is. Yeah. I'll tell it to grab the current network of the current user that's logged in and and then go and grab the logout URL for that network. Nope. It has no context to know that you're in a portal. Hmm. It knows the current user in, in Apex. It knows the current user, but that's all it knows. It doesn't know that you're in the portal. Yeah, so this, I mean, that's just that's an example of like, just to even to put up the most basic hello world community um, you that includes a logout function, which is should be a requirement because you should be able to log out <laughs> for safe, for security reasons. Should um, you have to resort to URL hacks? Yeah, I mean it's basically a URL. It's undocumented. I mean I'm sure again I'm sure it's not going anywhere. Just like frontdoor.jsp is not going anywhere. You know. Oh, not only that, you have to use window.open self because you can't use the navigate to URL the the, the approved Lightning way of doing things mm. because it always redirects to a new tab. Yeah. And I need it to redirect. I need it to redirect on the same tab. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You yeah. Go up, up a it was kind of low. Yeah. It was. Sorry. Hanging a little low there. Yeah. Well, you know, as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's communities can be really valuable, and there's there's some. I mean, there's some good things to it. And I haven't. I know the the lightning stuff has gotten better. I just it's just well, you know me. I'm not not exactly up to speed on lightning, but also I, every time I've tried to do non custom, it has ended in failure, like basically project failure. I think the next step is I'm going to try to build out a custom template, an entire custom template to host these things in, but I think that's going to, I think I'm going to learn a whole new set of problems with yeah. that too. I, that's what I've learned. I'm just, okay, I'm just, I only do custom. That's <laughs> it. If you don't want a custom community, don't, you know, I find someone else, find yeah. John, he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, stay up all night trying to figure it out and get yeah. it to work. Did I tell you I have a trifecta now? No. Because now I'm doing, uh, with, with another client, I'm doing, Lightning with Squid on a community. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty painful. Speaking of um, this Lightning and community, have you, have you used these, any of these Lightning Bolt? <laughs> Do they still call them that? Lightning they still Bolt? Call them, okay. Yeah, I think they're, are they Bolts or Snaps? Are they or Bolts? Snap no, they're Bolts. Or? It's Lightning Bolt. Okay, maybe it's Bolts. I don't know. I thought I, thought I just saw Snap-ins somewhere. I might be thinking But these are partner-provided things? Are they just components? I, I don't really understand what they are. I think they're like, I think they're components that other companies build that yeah. you can use, yeah. but I don't, I don't understand them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not an ISV and I ne- I've never had to use them, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, also, you mentioned Squid. Somebody from Squid popped in the Slack earlier and uh, did, you, did you hear about these, no, that's limitations. So it's, um, what is this? I, th- there's a new feature management application? I don't even know what this is. This is it must be some ISV thing I'm not aware of, but there's like, I guess you get 25 feature parameters per managed package, and they just need more than that. So they're huh. asking about it. You know about that? No. I do know they have a pretty big challenge with their components because of the way feature management, the way Salesforce loads um, resources, and it just all has to do with the way the framework was built and how this co- component architecture works, and it's, it's going to impact anybody who's kind of building components or applications with a framework. And that is because your component gets loaded. How's the right way to describe this? I'm going to butcher this, so don't don't claim I'm an expert on this. But my understanding is, the, is your component gets loaded, but its resources aren't part of the original browser load for the page. The page doesn't know that your component needs this resource. So it doesn't, it, you, it's a separate call to go and get that resource unless there's like some kind of weird internal caching routine 
And by resource, I mean a static resource, an image, a file, a JavaScript file, a CSS file. Your component, you declare that you need these resources and it somehow, when your component loads, goes and grabs those. So I think that's a lot of the issues with the performance. And if, you're, if you have like a lot of components or a lot of files that it needs to go and get, like say Squid does, mm-hmm. um, it really slows down performance. And so I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to consolidate everything into like a, a single file or something so that it has a better chance of just making one call. And even though it's a bigger file, at least it's just one call to get it back. It'll, it'll be G-zipped and all that kind of stuff. But still, it's just something to consider when you think about it because every one of your components is having to go out and grab its own resources. But it's grabbing its own resources in its own pipe. It's not like this one big pipe where the browser loads and it knows about all the resources it needs to load and it right. does it all. And so you have this delay if you have like a really heavy component that has like a dependency on like a large framework of, with CSS and JavaScript and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's something to consider as well. Yep. So apparently this, um, the feature management app is a, is an extension of the license management app. You're familiar with that, right? Have you heard of that? The LMA? Yeah. It's like if you're an ISV, you can install the license management app into your publisher org or whatever the hell they call it. And you can, uh, Salesforce will populate it with like how many subscribers and test drive people. And you can, you know, I guess activate and deactivate all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but what does this do? Um, hmm. Feature parameters are represented as metadata API types in your packaging org. I don't know. It's, you know, I guess some way to, I guess probably some way to activate or deactivate features. Like someone, Licenses a feature you can turn it on or off or something. I guess kind of interesting. It's I, mean, just, I don't know how that'd be different than having metadata. You, I think it's because well, you you can't control that. You can't get into that your your customers or subscribers orgs and change their metadata. You can't really know. Oh, I, was, I was talking about custom metadata types to say that this feature is active and this is oh no because those aren't. But that's in their org. You don't. Yeah, you can't control that. You can't control that. So it's like a way for you you to can for the publisher to be able to control on a real-time basis, basically like what what a subscriber has access to. Yeah. I guess. That's what I'm guessing. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, um, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of Salesforce news, huh? I mean, you got any hot Salesforce topics you want to cover? Um, any other lessons learned from your past week of fun? <laughs> I mean, I could keep talking about my issues with Lightning right now. Certainly do that. A commiseration session here. Oh, I did learn. Well, I did confirm. Well, not confirm. It, it it's you don't. Yeah, I'm not making sense. I'm tired. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm a mess, people. And Jeremy's about to choke himself to death. I'm dying. I'm dying Swallowed too. Wrong. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's. I got, I just wanted to. Did you get to? Did you get to? Watch, well, let's talk about uh, GitHub. Yeah, let's. So Microsoft buys GitHub, which I think was not a surprise. The world was, is ending. Yeah, I know. It's been rumored. Delete your GitHub accounts right. now. No, I mean there's gonna. So there will be, there will be companies that probably because they're competitive with Microsoft that will have to, um, that will have to switch. Oh, I, what happened to coopetition? Is that or what is it? Friendly competition or what is that? Competition, yeah. Is it I competition? Yeah, I guess. It's like, you know, I know when um, when Amazon bought, I think it was Whole Foods, mm-hmm. <laughs> there, was, there were a couple of other, I know for sure, big grocery store chains that run a lot of the stuff on AWS that immediately started planning on how do we get off of AWS. 
Mm. So it's, I mean, do you have to? No, but. Oh, is that I similar mean, to what I saw? I think it was on our Slack channel where everyone was ju- ju- jumping to Git. GitLab, GitLab and GitLab runs on Azure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think people care that much, like what low level infrastructure it runs on. Well, they might if they're if they're if they're making the move they, they to might, because they're right. trying to yeah. make a, an anti Microsoft statement. Then, but it's probably it's probably worse that you're yeah they that Microsoft I mean Microsoft fully controls now the GitHub application itself, right? The whole application, the whole platform. Whereas, and what what is I mean what is GitHub hosted on? It's on. Probably let's say it's on AWS. I'm just guessing. I don't even know. But I mean, like, who really cares? AWS doesn't control GitHub just because it's hosted there. Yeah. So it's quite quite different. Well, some people really care what about they pay, where like, their money's going. What they pay like seven or eight billion or something. Pretty pretty good amount, huh? It was in the billions. Nine billion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what the numbers are. But what do you? So what do you think about why Microsoft did this? How how is this like strategi- strategically you know beneficial for Microsoft? Well, I mean, since Satya, am I saying that right? It's, so. it's taken over. I mean, it's a new Microsoft. It's it's a much more open Microsoft. So I'm less concerned. If this happened like back in the Balmer days, I'd be really concerned because that would be Borg takeover. We're trying to just lock everyone out. Yeah. But with Satya, I don't get that. I, I feel like this new Microsoft is much more open and willing, and they're just trying to expand their their technology and 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 everything. So I I'm not concerned about it. Um, I think it'll continue to exist in its current form and continue to advance in its current form. I don't see them really screwing with it. Um, I think it just, I think it just increases their offering and, and strengthens them in, in as a development platform, a cross development platform, which seems to be where they're going. So okay, <clears throat> so now you're getting to answer my question. So, so say that again. You think it strengthens? I think it strengthens their their new push towards cross platform uh, technologies. How is GitHub how's it how how does it help with cross-platform technologies though? Because GitHub's just a co- it's a such a code repository with some kind of project management and social features on. But top it's of it's it. tra- traditionally their development tools, especially version control, was all proprietary. You had to have Visual Studio and use their team whatever crap was that I never used. Um, team what was it Team Foundation yeah, or something, TFS, right? something yeah. like that. And then before that was uh, SourceSafe, which was yeah such an awesome product. <laughs> you have to check out a check out and lock a file. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember but, that? Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, you had to like, I do. You had oh, you want to work locked on that? and unlock the file? <laughs> Can you imagine that now? Wow, it was never. Uh, I, was, I never used Source. I've always thought that was crazy because I use. I was like a. I was a. Gosh, I think I was. Was it VCS? I was a VCS user. Mm. No CVS. Yeah, CSV. Gosh. No, <laughs> it was CVS. CSV. Concurrent, <laughs> and it's right there in the name. Concurrent yeah. version control. Like yeah. you and I can both concurrently be working on the same thing, and right. we might have to merge if we if we have a conflict. But other than that, it's right. It's concurrent. Whereas, yeah, source for those many, gosh, I mean, I'm using just I'm working on this, for, yeah. and I went on vacation and forgot to unlock exactly, it. Exactly, or We're just, screwed. yeah. Or just like, you know, <laughs> oh, this, maybe there's some there's some big config file, and you're working on somewhere up in line 10, and I'm down in line 800, but we, you and I both can't, we should be able to work on that file at the same time, without conflict. Yeah. But not with not with uh, source safe. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I, I think as they're working on more cross-platform tooling and more cross-platform development, I think it just kind of helps to say we have a version control system for all this technology you're building. I think they want to be, it seems like they want to focus less on, aside from Windows, less on providing these proprietary systems where you have to use their software and being more kind of like the glue. They From all their services and everything they're buying, it seems like they're investing more and more in the glue and letting you kind of connect and use their technologies yeah. to build things on whatever platform you want. 
mean, just strategically though, how does I mean, because I don't think they bought GitHub for the revenue or the profit, because I don't think they probably don't even make a profit. So is it is it just to have their name out there more? Is it so they can control how tightly integrated GitHub is with other Microsoft? Because you know, I mean, because one thing is going to happen, I don't think this is necessarily bad, but I mean, you're going to get a lot tighter integration between GitHub and Azure stuff. I think with, with data becoming so distributed and just information being so distributed, the advantage to technology now, now is how to bring that data together and how to glue it together. So it's less about creating these platforms where you're locked in and more about creating these systems where you can access data from anywhere. And I think for Microsoft, positioning themselves in a way where they're they're saying, we're providing tools to enable you to do these things. We're not about creating this ecosystem where you're locked into Windows. We're about creating this ecosystem where you're able to create and do the things you want to do as a technology development a provider of technology development tools. Yeah. Um, so Azure is a good example. I mean, they're giving you the tools to build and host and develop, and they're giving you the tools in Visual Studio. They're giving the tools to build and host on whatever platform you want with Visual Studio Code. I mean, you see them transitioning and saying, here's some great tools to use. And that's always been their strong point, in my view. Uh, aside from Windows, let's take Windows out of the conversation. But uh, when it comes to Visual Studio, they always had great development tools and great debugging tools and, th- and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I, I just think that it, they're continuing that trend. They're they're kind of spreading wide with these tools and saying, "Where where are your technology it's tools?" Almost, I, it's almost the same question that I feel like I never could get an answer with on how it benefits Salesforce to own MuleSoft. They already had MuleSoft. They were already benefiting from it. Microsoft already had GitHub. It GitHub already greased the skids for people deploying on anything, including Azure. Right. So I think it's I don't just see a growth just measure. It's, it's a growth it. measure that says, "Hey, because again, with the, with the MuleSoft problem, but by Salesforce buying MuleSoft, it created the same kind of problem that I think Microsoft buying GitHub creates, which is this was this thing that we all thought was pretty cool to some degree or another. I mean, I, I think uh, GitHub has a lot more mind share, you know, than something like MuleSoft. I mean, every developer in the world knows about GitHub, whereas mm-hmm. you know, a small percentage probably know what MuleSoft is." Um, but here's the thing that like one of the great things about it is it's not controlled by any giant. It's not, it's kind of a neutral, it's Switzerland of, you know, of, of code, of code hosting platforms. It is, but I think, but it's not anymore now. So that's kind of a downside to certain organizations. I, I mean, mean, it could be, but I think from Microsoft, now we got to worry because we, yes, Microsoft seems to be a changed company, but we, they're still extremely powerful and can crush probably lots of things that they want to crush if they wanted to. Sure. And we we know, we know their history. We've seen their history. I mean, they've pretty much completely ruined Skype. Um, they, I don't know what, I mean, just think of all the, think of when they were like at their peak of Windows dominance. I mean, they just, they would abuse anyone and everyone they could abuse to, to their benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw that being in the, being in the PC industry, how much they just would, I mean, just, heavy-handed, strong arm, and just, you don't like it, go F yourself. That type of attitude. Right. But yeah, they, they, I mean, just what they've, I don't know, crushed things, intimidated, whatever. And and I don't think that's their play here. Mm-hmm. But they can, and it's in their it's in their history, so you kind of have to be careful. <laughs> I think it's the same story as Salesforce. I think, I think, so they're providing all these tools, and historically, they have had a way to version control stuff in their in their tooling. But but so the sure. question is: in this new age of development, cross platform development, do do they go out and build their own, or do they go out and buy someone? And then who you're going to buy? And the weird thing with GitHub is GitHub is just again it's just a repository for 
your Git repo. And Git, again, because it's distributed, I mean, you can have, you don't, you know, you don't have to use GitHub. You don't have to use a central, if you're just working by yourself, you don't even have to use a centralized well, no, I mean, Git, is, Git right? is open source. It's it's just GitHub as a technology, as a hosting platform. And, and it's just and, and, and it's just an arbitrary hosting platform. And I mean, I mean yeah. in fact, you know, Linus Torvalds doesn't even like GitHub, <laughs> right? It, that's That just goes to show you how it's it's simply an arbitrary hosting I, platform. I think now, in the modern it, day of, of version control systems, they don't have an answer to it, and this is their way to have an answer to it. Just to own it. Just to own it. Doesn't that, isn't that in and of itself kind of scary? It we is. Don't, we don't have an answer to that. We must own it. Yeah. Because here's the thing, because, you know, I guess Microsoft, you know, extend, I mean, they, they, they coined the phrase, what is it? Um, embrace, extend, and extinguish. I mean, that's how they would treat standards. They tried to, they tried to completely co-opt the web. And this is, this is, this is, this is kind of scary in, in a way. And, and this actually gets to one of my other points about GitHub what, that I don't like, which is that GitHub is a monoculture. We have a, basically a monoculture where like 99% of of activities around one, you know, profit-seeking entity's website. Yeah. And we're all basically hard-coded. I mean, there's so much stuff hard-coded to GitHub, and there are so many services, CI services, and all kinds of different things that are basically hard-coded to GitHub. Like, you can only use it with GitHub. I mean, you want to use CircleCI? You got to use it with GitHub kind of in a way. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe they have support for one of the other ones now, but, you know, Git in and of itself is kind of, it's almost like an, a standard, a, a protocol. It's, it's yeah. completely open source, you know, it, it's I consider it essentially like a, a standardized protocol type of thing, whereas GitHub is not. I mean, a, and a lot about GitHub. I mean, how you interact with it, how you authenticate into it. That's all. That's all uh, orthogonal from Git itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just don't like that monoculture. I mean, nature doesn't like monocultures for a good for a good reason. I mean, think of. I'm trying to think of a great example. Um, I, I got one for you. This happened. To, I mean, this happens. It's ha- this kind of things has happened before, but it's. I'll, I'll use a, uh, a horticultural reference here. Uh, there is a what's this like this rose virus, ro- roseola or no? That's a that's another disease. Ro- rose something. Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, um, everyone's like planting the same kind of roses, and it only affects a certain kind of roses. Uh. And it just jumps from and it went right through our neighborhood. Just jumped from house to house to house. Just killed everyone's roses. Um, it's happened with red tip photinias in the past. You know, home builders are putting every time they build a house, they're putting in red tip photinias. Yeah, and they got a fungus disease, and it just went from house to house to house to house, neighborhood to neighborhood to neighborhood, all the way across the city. Yeah, and that happens in technology too. I mean, AWS goes down, and practically half the web goes yeah, down. Yeah, and 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 I I can't think of a. I'm trying to think of like a somewhere in like where the technology you know like ecosystem where there's been a monoculture like that that's almost gotten kind of disease in a way, but it's possible. Well, I mean, Windows. That's, that's, well, I mean, yeah, kind the, of. The only reason Apple could claim that they don't get viruses is because they they weren't their market share. Exactly. They, hackers only wrote for PC because that was ninety percent of the machines out there. Right. It wasn't because you couldn't attack. Well, plus, it's hard. A Mac. It's hard. It's hard to get Macs in Russia, so oh, yeah. they couldn't really they couldn't really <laughs> test their viruses on. But a it was Mac just more just the fact that it was just the most prevalent system or platform yeah. out there. But yeah, I mean, monocultures are are not good. Um, there's nothing special about GitHub. It's not. It is. You don't have to. You know. And that's one of those things that oh, so often, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with these like solution architects and salespeople and just whatever. And then everyone talks about, uh, oh, you're using GitHub for that. No, I'm using Git. <laughs> like people, they think they're the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I do distinguish. I'll, I'll say like I have a local Git 
but if if I need to, but I also have a GitHub account. I, yeah. I try to specify, right. you know, where where my lines are. But that's how that. I mean, that, I think that's how dominant GitHub is. That it's it's almost synonymous with Git, and I yeah. don't like that either. Yeah, but I mean, there are other players, and I th- I think the same argument comes into here that we made with MuleSoft is the fact that okay, now Salesforce controls MuleSoft, but now all that does is strengthen the industry, I think, in general, because now there's something to compare to. You have the big giant saying, oh, use our platform, MuleSoft, for integration. Mm-hmm. And the and customers who before probably weren't getting pushed in integration platform now are, and now they're thinking about it. And so whenever they, they use GitHub, everyone's like, well, that's a Microsoft thing. What what are the alternatives? And so now the, now the alternatives are starting to get a little more... Um, I don't know views, clicks, whatever, because now there's some now there's something you need to. That's that's just real temporary, though. Like there's this because there's the immediate panic and people who were already on the fence anyway. That's when they're just going to be like, oh, sure, but I mean, I mean, awareness is half the problem when it comes to to some of these smaller companies. Yeah, is is how do you how do you get past the big giant of GitHub and make your product aware? Like, what's what's one of the other ones? Like Beanstalk? Is it Beanstalk or no? There's um, GitLab is the big one, right? Was Beanstalk subversion? I don't know. There there was. Oh, I know what you're talking. No, I know. it was bean something. Bean something. I think it was so. tortoise. No, that was the client, right? There was the another Windows online uh, hosted one that I used, and I think it was a subversion client. I want to say it was like bean something or beanstalk or something. I don't remember what it is. Oh, Bitbucket. 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 That's Atlassian's, which is good. No, but Bitbucket's yeah, I'm not good. thinking Bitbucket. I'm thinking something. I don't know. Someone can tell me what it was, but there was okay. other ones that I looked at before. I everyone was using GitHub, so I was like, I might as well just use GitHub. I actually see Bitbucket quite a bit in the wild, but I think it's it's mainly. I think the main reason is just because it's. Uh, it's especially before GitHub changed our licensing model, licensing model to unlimited repos. Uh, it was it was simply a pricing thing. I mean, GitHub could get it actually punished you for having more repositories, and it because in some cases, like you know, you might work on a project where you know you want a repo for the front end, you want a repo for the data layer, you want a repo for the web layer, you want a repo, you know what I mean? Like yeah, because they're they're you know microservices. They're, they're properly <laughs> decoupled things, and they you know they might have their own repo or whatever, and and GitHub would really punish you for that. And so it would literally, it was influencing people's technical architecture. <laughs> so people were, it was to decide to go with a, like a mono repo and a, and a monolithic application instead of something that's more split up. Eh, let's just keep the, let's just keep the web app and the, and the back end server the no in the same repo. Thing all over again. What's that? It's the no namespaces hey, thing all over is, again. Yeah. No repos. Yeah. But, but no, that, they, they changed the model. So I think that, that pressure has been taken off some, but yeah, I mean, Atlassian and then GitLab. That's the only ones I can think of. And of course, you can, you can obviously, I mean, there's all these, um, I can't think of the names of them. Uh, oh, gosh. I don't know. But there's, there are basically GitHub clones, mm-hmm. open source that you can, you can run yourself. And I've heard of some people, some people say they're, they're really good. Yeah. So Beanstalk does Git and Subversion. Beanstalk. Okay. Who runs that? Who owns that? Uh, made by. Will built. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Will bit. I mean, I'm thinking Elastic Beanstalk when you say that the the AWS. Yeah. Thing. No. This 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 company is or this product has changed, but I remember I think it only used to do Subversion, uh, and then it, I think it lightly branched into Git later. I could be wrong, but I remember that was one that I I remember I used a long long time ago. Oh, another interesting thing about Microsoft buying GitHub is that they don't. I guess they're getting Electron with that too. Uh, are they? Which is interesting because isn't Skype? Is Skype is all electro, or I think mainly an Electron app now. I think isn't it? Which is by the way, Skype is well, such Visual, a piece of garbage. Visual now. Studio Code is is Electron, right? Right. Is, well, it's is it? It's Atom. It's Atom. Well, Atom is Electron. 
Adam is on. Adam, Adam is built. On, I mean, they, they extracted electron what out of, of Adam. What of them is the they? core? I thought Adam was the core. Is or is electron well, the core? Adam is Adam's, Adam is a Adam, text editor. It might be the core of VS Code. I'm not sure, but electron it, Adam is built on electron. Okay, they extracted yeah. electron out electron of Adam. I think. Core. Yeah, I think electron is yeah. the core. But I think so. I think I, I think GitHub owns that. So I think Microsoft's getting electron. I mean, that. maybe that's a better answer to to my speculation. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, Visual Studio Code is becoming more and more their thing, and I mean that that's what Visual Studio Code's built on. Yeah. Oh, great. More JavaScript. <laughs> More cross-platform, but I think you'll. I think you'll see. I mean, I mean my prediction. Was, I mean, I don't think. I don't think Microsoft is going to mess with GitHub in a. I need my sick, button. In a, you do need, but yeah, your your cough button. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea where those are. Probably in our. Probably in your. In no, your, mine's in here, but I need, I don't have the extra cable and everything. Yeah, yet. or I do, but it's more work. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Microsoft's going to like at least not in in any near term. I don't think they're going to like screw with GitHub. I don't think in so, a bad way. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll start to see proprietary Azure stuff, you know, start getting in there, like uh, ways to like link and do easy deployment and continuous integration. And like then, then maybe not. Maybe it'll be like <laughs> maybe it'll be like the Amazon Zappos thing. I mean, you can't even tell Zappos is owned by Amazon, right? Can you? You, you really can't tell. And I think they operate it. It's still a wholly owned, set but separate company. It's a separate company. I mean, when I think when you, you know, if you work for Zappos, I think your paycheck says Zappos on it. Well, maybe that's what they'll do here. Could be. I mean, I mean, Dan still pretty much exists as LinkedIn. It's not, I mean, I don't see a lot of Microsoft branding all around it. That's true. Although, I, have, you know, of course, people are always going to make claims, but I've, I've seen some claims uh, just reading through some of the stuff in the news recently that, that LinkedIn's got real, a lot more pushy and stuff after mm-hmm. Microsoft bought them, but uh, who knows? That's all anecdotal. LinkedIn is another one I kind of want to get rid of. I, I mean, I have a LinkedIn, but I just, I need to, I need to, God, I need to update it so bad. Every once in a while, I'll get on because someone, someone that I want to connect with, will ask me to connect, and so I'll connect with them, and then I'll see I have all these other invites waiting, and then I just kind of go, okay, I'll accept everyone because I don't really care, and then it turns out like I accepted like a hundred recruiters, oh, and so they God. start messaging me directly, and then I try to be nice for a while, like no, not interested, not interested, and then after a while, I just ignore them, and so then my inbox grows, and so I'm just, I just yeah. need to delete that. Yep. But in the hiring, pro- in the interview process, it was a big thing. I mean, people want, they had systems that would connect to your LinkedIn account and pull your information. Yep. They, oh, it's a requirement. They wanted yep. the link to your LinkedIn. And I'm like, I mean, I'm even. What, 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 I mean, what, if you said, oh, no, actually, I've opted out of LinkedIn, their head would explode. Mm-hmm. They literally would not know how to continue in the process. I think I asked yeah. a recruiter once. You know, Again, back to a monocle. It's a, to a monoculture. It, like, it what, what's LinkedIn's competitor? No, it used to be Monster. <laughs> actually, it, it didn't used to be this hiring thing. It became this hiring thing. Monster was never a professional social network, was it? No, I, I, Monster was like a job listing place. But I'm, what I'm saying is now LinkedIn kind of became like the new, yeah, it's, the new way to get a job. And you know, before it was job listings, now it's LinkedIn. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, and of course they, they're also trying to be like a content publishing platform. Like people write articles like on yeah. LinkedIn, like it's a medium, right? One of these other well, things. I don't like medium either. Uh, yeah. I, I like I like the the style and minimalness of Medium, but that's I, just their, that's just their design, though. But I mean, I, anyone anyone can you can just go copy that right now. I know. I, I just I just I'm not. I, I read some article from someone a long time ago that made a lot of sense to me, and it was like all you're doing when you're publishing on Medium is building Medium's brand. Sure, I know, and that's you're not building your own. Right, brand. this is the age building, old debate about Medium: is yeah. that you know do you do you publish on Medium because you're you know it's it's more shareable, people find it better, and all that stuff. Okay, those are the benefits. 
But the downside is you're putting it. You're you're promoting mediums brand. You're you're on a you're on a platform that you have no control over. Yeah. Which and I don't know which of those is more of an actual more of a practical problem. Right. I, I'm not sure. It's not like they're paying you for content like YouTube does. But even then, you have to. Have I mean, dude. I mean, if I was to create a new medium account and go publish an article, are people going to just start finding it? Because if I did that on like if I create a new domain and put WordPress on there and publish the book, I mean, no one's going to find it. No one's going to. I'd have to go ahead and share it all over Twitter and stuff, I guess, manually, yeah. right? But if I put it on Medium, or does Medium, does Medium have a, a discovery feature where whereby because does anyone actually go to just Medium.com and like I don't think I've ever typed in medium.com and just gone to their website. Nope. It's always, I click on a link to it, right? Yep. So how in the hell is medium going to help surface my content? How, what, I mean, how could they have that good of a discovery mechanism? Yeah, I don't know. Because no one goes there to like, to find content. They go there because something linked them there. Yeah. Well, maybe you just write one good viral article and it links out to all your stuff and there you go. You've, you've got it made. Yeah. Well, the only other thing I, I mean, I've got, actually, there's, I got all kinds of cool, interesting things, but I'm just going to save them because I'm, you're tired, I'm tired, and, but we got to talk about WWDC because it'll be such old news by next week. Yeah. <laughs> but did you, have you, did you watch it? Have you read um, any of the, the new stuff? I, I watched a lot of the kind of, um, like, WWDC in, like, 15-minute type episodes yep. and a few okay. popular YouTubers sharing their favorites hmm. from it, which I found... More enjoyable than sitting through and watching the the actual. It's long. We, oh my gosh. So my kids like watching the WWDC keynotes uh-huh. because they're super into I think it, I think they're, I think those type of events are better when there's hardware, when it's software, it, especially this one. I, I know there, there's a lot of under the hood improvements in terms of performance and things, but there wasn't a really a lot to get excited for. In fact, most of the time, the audience wouldn't even cheer. I think the only time I, I saw them cheer in the clips that I saw was when they they added that new feature in notifications where it would create the stacks, the groups. The group, yeah. I think that was the only time I, I heard an applause. There, no, there was a lot. I watched the whole thing. There was a lot of cheering. Uh, did anyone applause for the damn VR crap or the AR stuff? I'm sorry, um, AR stuff. I'm sorry. That's just dumb. Okay, okay, like you and I could play a game with our iPads, like standing and doing this. I, I downloaded a bunch of that stuff on my phone now that I have this uh, this 10 with my son, neither of us could play it. We got bored. It was tedious having to move the phone. And I was like, just, and it wasn't even any different than just playing the game itself. Yeah. It just, okay, The it, I'm looking at grass right now and the background is grass. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's, it's a nothing burger for yep. me. Uh, I did, I did perk up the, the only, the only feature they announced for, uh, uh, the car thing. The oh, CarPlay. CarPlay. Yes. They only announced one thing, and, and, I, and I was like, I love it. I was like, Jeremy's going to love that yes. one. That's my favorite. Yeah, my favorite announcement. Of, yeah, so they, they're allowing third-party navigation now. Yeah. So Google Maps and, more importantly, Waze will be able to be used on CarPlay. So CarPlay just got... I mean, and you know, I've got... My car has, like... I have a relatively new car with, like, state-of-the-art infotainment systems. You know, supposedly one of the best infotainment systems. Jeremy's rich. He's got no, a person's car. I'm not actually. I'm leasing it because I can't <laughs> afford to buy it. Uh, <laughs> but it, um, but I don't ever use it because I've got I've got my car. I plugged it. I yeah. literally I plugged the cable into my yeah. phone, so you can do what. And it's because it's yeah. just I don't see. I actually think this is a problem. This is a big problem for these car makers right now. And I, I read an article about this the other day. It was really interesting. It's talking about how 
it was one in particular. I can't remember if it was like Toyota or, or one of them was just putting all the, like way new level of effort into their infotainment system mm. because they've decided that, I mean, you have to make a decision now. Are you just going to like let your, your car's infotainment system just be a, a monitor into CarPlay? Mm-hmm. That's just a dumb, a dumb monitor, right? right? For CarPlay. That's one strategy. Or, and I also, I mean, including Android Audio or Android Auto, is that what it's called? Right. Get about that. Um, or do you, you know, do you want to have a good infotainment system? Do you want to have one that even remotely competes with Android Auto and, and, and Apple? If you want one that even remotely competes, it's going to take a ton of effort because these car makers are not near as good at this as Android and Apple are. No, but one, if anyone who's building these systems is listening, which I doubt they are, um, stop putting critical functions on a damn touchscreen embedded in menus. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't want to have to adjust my, my air conditioning system by going through a bunch of menus. Yeah. I mean, there are certain things that, that take my eyes off the road and having to adjust my air system or, or adjust the volume on my audio or something, when they take away these knobs, it's just I've, making I've got, it dangerous. I think, don't Musk, I mean, because my car has dedicated knobs for everything you just mentioned. Well, I like a while ago, I was looking at cars and I was trying to, I was thinking I was going to buy a car, but I decided not to. And I was amazed at how many of these companies now have like these like portrait full screen um, systems and it controls everything. Like there's no knobs. It's like Tesla's got that giant screen. Does yeah. it? Does it? I, and every, but it has and knobs. Things are screen, embedded right? in menus and they yeah. try to be smart. And when they try to pop up, and I'm like, uh, now my eyes are on the screen and not the road. Yeah. No wonder I have to have this, this auto drive lane feature because I'm going to be looking at my stupid things when I turn my, my, my air conditioning on. Yeah, I I don't know. I I actually think that from what I've seen, and guess I've only, I've got limited experience just in the two cars that we have, but I think the car makers actually do a pretty good job of number one of, try, of keeping things that need to be analog, keeping them analog, so that you've just got muscle memory. Like you know how to turn down the stereo, you know how to turn on up and down your air conditioning just by muscle memory. Right. You don't have to. You know, you're not clicking through screens. It's all these are physical knobs and dials and switches that you're that you're doing. And they also do a pretty good job of not letting you do things that you shouldn't be doing while the car, like while you're driving. But they also, you know, they, they have those screens position now that when you're basically, when you're looking at the screen, I mean, yeah, you're focused close, but you're still looking past, right past the end of your, your hood. You know, you're still looking in the right direction. I guess. But, but I, mean, I don't know what you mean. I mean, obviously that's, it's, it's a potential distractible thing. I think Waze doesn't even let you, yeah, Waze doesn't let you type while you're driving. I mean, it, it, it does if you say that you're the passenger, you're right. not driving, but if it detects you're moving it, yeah, it, uh, it does not let you type. And like most of these cars now have the like voice act, voice control. Mm-hmm. It's not very good. It's not near as good as what CarPlay and Android Auto are. That, this is the problem. These car makers, I'm telling you, this is a dilemma for them. They're never going to come close to being as good. They just, they just yeah. aren't. So I mean, what do you do? The performance of those screens, are, they're slow. They don't respond well. The touch screen doesn't work and it's, well. And it's also, it's another like, I mean, I just, my, I don't even use the, I don't even pay for the data service for my car. So, like, if you actually want, like, your Google Earth Maps to be updated in, and even for your car software, because, you know, cars basically have an operating system now, to be right. updated and all that kind of stuff, you have to pay, like, 40, 50, 100 bucks a month or whatever, depending on your car manufacturer, to have these, these data services. I mean, also, like, my car is like a, 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 wi- a Wi-Fi. It's got its own cellular connection, and, it's a, and it, it, it will make, like, a Wi-Fi hotspot. You sit down in my car, you can just get on my Wi-Fi of my car. But you know that's like a fifty dollar month a month thing, and and I what I realized is like I don't want any of this stuff. I just want CarPlay, and so I just I didn't sign up for the service after the f- first six months for free. I didn't uh, didn't renew. 
So does Waze change that, or are you just gonna? No, not at all. I just I have a good I have unlimited cellular service. Why is the cell Why is the cellular radio in my car better than the one that's in my phone? It's not. Yeah, it's just one or the other. I don't need two cellular radios in my car. My phone's already got one. I don't need I don't need the navigation system in my car because my phone's got a better one. I got a choice of three or four different ones on my phone, and it puts it right up there on the screen, the the car screen. I just don't see why. I don't see why I would use these these infotainment systems in the car because none of them are as good. I think that's that's probably their dilemma as well. Is that you've got these really powerful phones that but how pretty do you, much do it all. I always wonder though, how do they motivate their employees that work on the infotainment system to to work hard, really hard on something they that there's no hope of them being like good at, basically. <laughs> it's just not gonna be very good. How do you get motivated? Why do do I spend so many hours trying to build a community site with lightning? Well, (laughs) I guess the answer is the real answer is you're getting paid for it, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. All right. So, was there any other other features you liked? I did. So, there's a few that that I really liked, and I'll try to make them quick. And there's one that I'm dreading. Um, I'll do the the ones that I like. I like dark mode in OS OS Mojave. Yeah, Mojave. Mojave. That's going to be awesome. I hope iOS comes up with a dark mode soon. They have like the smart invert, but that's not a real dark mode. It, it turns out that implementing a dark mode at like the OS level is actually very hard. There are just so many little things yeah. that you have to... All these assets and everything. That yeah, just and work. also look at, think about things that are like plug into the settings control panel thingy in OS X, right? Yep. That could be third-party things. Um you know, you've got to have icons that work in dark mode. No, there's just like there's some, there's really so many things to consider, and apparently it's really hard. I mean, I, I remember when IntelliJ came out with what do they call those Darkula or whatever their, their dark mm-hmm. mode. I mean, that was a huge undertaking. I'm like, really? It seems like a theme to me. Just, a, <laughs> but it's not. It's more than just a theme, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and I use dark mode all the time. That's that's what I use. Um, another thing I I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by. I'm hopeful by. Um, since I do have Spectrum, I'm. I'm looking forward to being able to use just Apple TV as my Spectrum TV provider. So I don't know if you saw that, but but essentially they have some deal with Spectrum. It can, it can basically replace your cable box. It'll be by cable box, and I'm really? hoping that'll be the case. Huh. Uh, because that cable box that comes with it is so freaking slow. And is that because Spectrum makes all the content available basically over the internet, essentially? I think so. Okay, yeah. and so you just you'll just chew up your Comcast, you know, bandwidth. You'll use your Comcast bandwidth to. To stream any TV show you want to watch. Oh, those smart buggers! <laughs> <laughs> now, realistically, now, I, I have like a hundred meg down, but I'm probably gonna have to like up that because now my TV's using that bandwidth yeah, versus yeah. But the I mean, coax. So, especially with what's it, the the HVEC H265, you know, you can. We've now shrunk everything down again by, you know, by a, a factor of you know probably three to four. So when we went to MPEG-4, that was a huge drop, drop from MPEG-2 in terms of how much bit rate you needed to, you know, to represent video in a, you know, with a certain amount of fidelity, right? Right. And now with you know, H.265, we've, we've done that again. And so what you, what you would before would need like a... I mean, because like a, a pretty high bit rate on MPEG-4 would be like 10 megabits. That's like, that. I mean, you could, if you had a real fast moving action scene, I mean, I think you could represent it well with about 10 megabits. And then like, or, of course, because it's, they're variable bit rates. So like, you know, you go to a slow moving scene and you can, the bit rate will probably, probably automatically drop. Mm-hmm. But on, with H.265, you, you know, that highest bit rate you may need for the fast action scene might, might be like, four, you know, three to five megabits. Mm. So you're talking about, you know, one stream needing, let's call it five megabits out of your 100. 
I'm not sure that I think he'd be just fine on a 100 megabit. Maybe. You know what I also learned and looking into this? I don't know why, why, but I randomly found this out, and I don't know, I don't know why I didn't know this before, but I didn't know that the cable really mattered. There's there's oh, a, there's yeah. an Especially HDMI mm-hmm. 2.1 now cable that I did not know existed. And oh, I, didn't even I thought know you were th- talking about cable coax coaxial cable. No, for, okay. like the actual HDMI cable itself, not the protocol, not the plug or the or the chip that's on the box. The cable itself matters. It has to be compatible with that two, or with the two and the 2.1. Well, I think it's yeah. There's right because before it was I think it's a, it was like 1.3 and then it jumped up to two and that's 2.1. Yeah. So it depends. Yeah, I mean, but I, I some the of understanding the understanding that the chip on that on the box mattered that it had to be an HDMI two. Hmm? But I didn't realize okay. the cable yeah. also mattered. And I'm not sure which feature it is about the newer HDMI versions that requires a certain cable. Um, but and I think a lot of it's encryption. Like H, HDMI was it HDMI 2.0 or 2.1 re, uh, requires HDCP support. And yeah. and that's because that's the like the anti piracy anti piracy which is just garbage and makes everyone's life difficult. Uh, it, even just to like hook your stuff up so you can pay people for their content, it makes your life difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the cable has to support that somehow or another too. So I don't yeah. know. It's so I mean that was that was new to me. And I was you still like, shouldn't oh, pay. For, you should still, still should not buy expensive HDMI cables. Buy cheap HDMI cables. Reasonably cheap, you know, good ones though, like Monoprice or whatever. You don't have to. Yeah, but just to... make sure it has the right number. Exactly. By it. <laughs> right. Sure. But I thought you were talking about the coax cable for for your cable TVs or your, for your internet line. Now that's those cables matter too. As yeah. as we get like, because we're what are they on uh, Doxus three or four? No, I had and, that. And problem. every time we go, they they every time they make they figure out a way to push more bits across across cable. It requires a better, literally a better cable. Yeah. And we had that problem when they installed our system because they. They can install your 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 new service really quickly because they use all these 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 uh, contractors to do it. Yeah. Well, this contract didn't didn't lay a large enough yeah. cable to the to the box, and so when the guy came, that was the first thing he did was switch out that cable to to a I don't know I don't know if it's a thicker or larger or whatever. It, it was a better cable, and that solved the issue. Um. All right. So one of the other things that I say that I liked. Okay. The TV dark mode. Okay. One of the things I'm dreading. Mm. Is uh, animojis will now recognize your tongue? You're dreading that. What? Well, do, do you remember that video I shared with you? No, that God. my brother sent me. He's been sending <laughs> oh, yes. me. Yeah, he's yeah, been sending yeah. me animojis with that song playing of him doing <laughs> it, but he can't do the tongue movement. Yeah. And uh, so okay. uh, I'm dreading that because now he's going to start sending me, sending me, sending me that. Yeah. Wow. That, that's such a weird video. What's that called? Who's that person? Is it Vitas or something like uh, that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, it's Vitas. So I am super excited about, at least with iOS, is what do they call it? Screen time? Um, but mainly, yeah, mainly, I don't know. I think for my kids. The FaceTime, the multiple no, screen FaceTime. time. The what's called, did you not see oh, this? Oh, yeah, the, where you can limit their Well, no, and it's, it's not just for kids. But uh, you can see fact, how much Screen time in general it. is just, it's just for I just, users. I saw that as like such big brother. I don't, no, because App, Apple's like, they're the, they're the best at not sharing your data. They're the like the one company. I didn't I know they had that. I don't much trust data Facebook. I don't trust Google. I don't, I don't trust Salesforce. I don't trust any of these companies except Apple because uh, they've re- they built their entire business model around. Because you own stock. I do own stock. You should mention that. I don't know. Oh yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> I own Apple stock. But Apple has they've set it up so that they they've they've crafted their whole business around intentionally not having an incentive to have or use your data. It was still creepy to see that graphic with all the different metrics and everything. I was like, that's a lot of data on my habits. Yeah. You know, a lot but of I've, stuff. But I've used these apps for, I mean, you know, 
you had that for like Mac and Windows. I'm sure Android has all these too. That because Android probably just exposes everything. There's an API for everything. Um, but it's not it's nice that we'll have that on iOS because you know you can see what you do. You can put limits on stuff. But I but I think it ties into the parental stuff, right? So I can I can say okay, my kids get you know an hour of YouTube a day, which even seems excessive, but guarantee it's going to be at least that. Yeah, I just and it, and it kind of warns them. It's like oh, you got five more minutes coming up, and which is good. Kids, some a lot of kids need that that warning, that kind of warning, so they're not startled by all mm-hmm. of a sudden something's done. I guess I can I can see it. Being beneficial, um, this Siri shortcuts thing is interesting. I, I, uh, it's like process builder for your for your iPhone. It John. is, isn't it? <laughs> I was kind of underwhelmed by it. You know, it, it's it's, it's not cool. enough. So it it uh, it's such a the, keyword driven thing. It's not like it's in, no. It's not like a verb context type. You know what? Scenario. You know what's keyword and not like AI because AI, the, all this AI stuff sucks. And if at some point again, you know, listen to these smart people. It's like, hey, they, we kind of have this AI winter coming. This AI is all ninety percent of companies that are touting their AI. It's a it's a bunch of lies and bullcrap. And I think this is just Apple saying, hey, no, the AI is just not that great. So we're going to let app providers expose functionality from their app with keywords or whatever, and then users, you can just chain these things together and make a little macro and call it whatever you want. Well, the macro I'm, thing can, I liked. Yeah, you can that say, macro you can just thing I really say, liked. Siri, I'm leaving my office. And like, it sets your AC at home. It like, you know, maybe pulls up the map for you and puts in your home address. You know, just, you can, ha- you can chain all these things together. It's, I just think it's really cool. I mean, the idea is cool. How well it's implemented, I don't know. But it looked, it looked nice. It's, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's, it's a natural idea. Yeah, it's like one of the, it's like one of those things. Why did they have this five years ago? I think I think I was more impressed by the macro feature than I was the fact that it would just do a keyword. I, it's not like I don't think it's a good thing to have. I just I just wasn't impressed by it. You know, it, you know they, they presented like this whole new innovative thing, this new thing it can do, and I'm like, it's just a keyword thing. It's mm, eh. no, it's I think it's a little more than that. Mm. I, but I, I do like that you can chain commands together. Yeah, yeah. That, that 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 part is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, we talked about the animoji, but the memoji, you know, you can make your own little bitmoji type of uh, thing. And, and, uh, and I don't know, people, all people are going to love that. You're going no, to be getting those all the time now. Trust I, me. I've had consoles in the last 10 years that, that offered that. And yeah, you, you spend an hour doing it and then you get bored of it and you want to be something else. Yeah. Uh, group FaceTime, you can FaceTime with 32 of your closest I don't have that many friends, friends and family. Yeah, well, <laughs> I really don't. I'm like, okay, uh, who am I going to talk to? I only talk to one person at a time. All right, well, let's jump over to macOS, and then we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, this seemed like, this is one of those things, uh, it's kind of a, list, a, a bunch of small updates, huh? I'm more excited by, by the fact that people have the beta of iOS 12. Oh, we're on macOS now. Yeah. Sorry, let me finish with this. Okay. They're saying it's uh, extremely fast, that it, they've done mm. a lot to improve the speed of it. That's awesome. It's also going to run on, it's going to run on the, on Six the same. Six plus. Yeah, six same plus devices, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. the same devices that support eleven, right? It'll run, which is those. pretty impressive considering they're they're extracting all this new performance out of it, right? And I mean, I mean, I think they used the six plus as an example that everything was faster on that one, which means for my hopefully my very expensive iPhone ten, it's zippy. And I think um, faster and at the same time being more battery efficient. That'll be nice, right? I think yeah. that's what they said. All right, macOS. Um, we talked about dark mode. Uh, the store redesign that could that could that's probably much. I'm needed. looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, too. It's it's kind of long in the tooth. Uh, the stacks I was not interested in at all. Yeah, me either. Um, it reminds me. So what stacks are are these the little they're, they're kind of like bottom. smart folders on your desktop. And well, no, the, you have it in your dock. You can do the stacks. Is it the dock? In your dock. You put them in the dock. Yeah. Okay, whatever. And 
and it like groups your files by type. So you'll have a, it'll just be automatic. You'll have a stack for PDFs, a stack for text files, a stack for Word documents. Like who the hell, that reminds me of um, how, you know, Rails, maybe they don't anymore, but they used to teach people to organize their code. Like all your controls in the controllers folder, all your views in the view folder. And then, then they're like, and they're, then they say, well, yeah, you always know where to go to find something. Well, yeah, except that you've, you've organized your app by the wrong dimension. You should have organized it by yeah, cohesiveness, like by module, by functionality, not by type mm-hmm. of thing. Right. I'd rather have a folder for like the user management, a folder for the uh, whatever module. And, and you know, within those, you have a view, a controller, and some models and stuff you know, that right. are related to that thing. It's, it just seems like they're cutting across the wrong dimension with the stacks thing. I don't like it. Get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> they're, they, another thing, that, I don't know if this got mentioned, but I, I read about it, which was they, there are more security controls that are coming to Mac OS that are kind of like iOS security, security controls in terms of what apps can do. So, you know, like uh, on your phone, if, your app wants, if an app wants to use your microphone, it's got to ask you, right? All, the, all these things. Well, they're adding like a lot more of those types of things to Mac apps. Yeah, I noticed which that. Which could be good. Especially with the browser, with Safari, when it wants to. Yes, and they added a bunch of new privacy stuff to Safari. I mean, it's basically yeah. what I'm going to call the anti-Salesforce feature. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, they're getting really serious about like not only preventing cookies and super cookies and these tracking things and everything which Salesforce loves because they've got to, you're on their journey. They got to, you got to be able to do journeys, right? Yeah. So you got to know where you're, where you're at, where you're going, but what shoes you've looked at, all that kind of stuff. They're just going to go old school and they're just, they're going to have uh, images. But Safari's doing this thing. They're, they're, they're trying, they're going to try to prevent like the fingerprinting to, to identify you because that's something they do. If they, if they don't have a cookie for you, anything, they'll, they fingerprinted your machine, your user agent string, or whatever your your installed re, your installed fonts and resolution support and all that. You know, they build this fingerprint. They can they can track you around the web that way. Uh, they're going to be blocking that, and they're also going to just block all of this all of the social stuff. Block all the social yeah, like the Facebook buttons and all that other stuff that leaks your privacy constantly. This is going to be all blocked, which is great. And then, uh, so Finder's getting that gallery view, which is kind of like reminds me of CoverFlow from iTunes. I I don't yeah. I don't ever use stuff like that. I, I do like that the the they're adding that metadata feature to it, where it exposes a lot more metadata. Hopefully, that works for audio. Yeah, because I, I I have to do get info to get it. It's not doesn't show. I, do. I just hit Command I. It just brings up. What yeah, I need. but now it's in the little outline thing. Hmm. Now I don't have this separate pop up window. And then, um, you know, Quick Look is getting all kinds of functionality. Yeah, I kind of it. I, I have like a. I, I want to see it before I, I I believe it type of situation. It reminds me of, you know, back to the like, yo, dog, I heard you like marking up your screenshots, so I'm going to let you mark up your screenshot in your screenshot or something. It's like, just open the damn screenshot app and do it, you know? It's like, why do you, because it's, you're just, you're, you're spreading functionality across applications now. And, it, and it's, and it's going to work differently. It's going to, it's not going to work the same. It's going to be like, functionality light. It's going to be feature, you know, feature A light, feature B light. That could be light versions of everything. What, what do you think, what do you think about opening a PDF and putting your little signature on there? But I do that with preview now. I know. Right? I do, <laughs> but I just have to open a preview. It's no big deal. You hit command down, it opens the file. Preview opens instantaneously on any, any Mac that's been made within the past five years. And you, but yeah, you just do signature, annotate with signature right there. Why do I need, why do I need the other thing to do that? I don't know. Because another thing that I do when I do that in preview is I almost always save it as a copy, save it as a, like a duplicate. Mm-hmm. So I have my original unsigned one. Well, you probably can't do that with this quick view thing, quick look. 
Oh, probably not. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. Meh. That's what I give it. <laughs> what about uh, Apple TV? You, you have an Apple TV? I do not. I have two. Do you, but you're not into big, you're not an audiophile, so you probably don't care about like the Dolby Atmos. No, I, that was lost on me. No. I, I don't even have like a 4K TV, so a lot of the 4K stuff was lost on me too. Not either. I've got a 1080p. That's what I got. Such an old man. I need, I'm, I'm in the market for a TV. I, I want to be in a market for a TV, but well, my wife says I have to save money right now. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't tell you this, but I, uh, um, you know, I, I think I've mentioned, I, I avoid upgrading my Apple Watch when a new, like an update comes out for I it know. because it takes so long. It's such a pain. I did update this last one, but yeah, it does I take updated, forever. and because I've been, I mean, I probably hadn't updated in like a year. Updated a couple weeks ago. Well, there's and, another one waiting And stuff for you. is running so much, I know, I saw it come across. Stuff is running so much better now. Oh, speaking of watch, are you going to like the walkie-talkie feature? Well, my, I'm sure my watch won't be able to do it. I think you have to, I think it has to have cellular. Oh. I thought so, maybe not. Maybe. That sucks. But I doubt these Series Zero will support that. Yeah, all. I mean, we're due for an upgrade on yeah. these. They're, they're, they're pretty slow. Anyway, yeah, um, I don't know. Apple TV is one of these things. It's it's cool, but it always there's always it's always just got a few Achilles heel type things that that make other things better. I, I guess. I mean, I use it. I mean, I I pretty much all my movie collection is iTunes. So, okay, so you have to have one. So I have to have one. Yep. Um, I watch YouTube on it. I watch my Brit Box on it. So I get all my British comedy stuff. Yeah. And I do all that on like, on Roku. By the way, if anyone's got a good British comedy that I should check out, let me know. Some of those have Brit Box. So you probably watched them all. I, I, I actually, I'm such a nostalgic person. I watched a lot of the older stuff. Like when I was a kid that was on like PBS, that was like my main exposure to like. How about Benny Hill? Um, I've seen it. I, I'm not really into Benny Hill. I don't, I, I never was. When I was little, my stepdad used to watch that all the time. Yeah. Little girls running around in <laughs> and lingerie and, yeah. and whatever. <laughs> I, I think maybe I watched that part. <laughs> that was always what, that was always the end, I think. <laughs> Or so, it was always in there somewhere. That dirt, 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 dirt. I don't know. You heard that song? You come out of your room. Yeah. Look at the girls in their panties. Yeah. You know. <sighs> All right, John. Well, yeah, that's, I don't know. To me, that's, that's what I, those were the high points of the announcements for me. I also noticed like, you know, op, like they, they op, deprecated OpenGL and OpenCL, which surprised me. Hmm. What'd you think about the new AR or object file format? Oh, I don't care about that. I guess it's just, a, I guess whatever, we need a new a new standard, standardized file format, I guess, and it's... Oh, what'd you think about the, the measurement thing? I thought that was kind of cool. It was I mean, a, I know there's other apps out there that do it. It was a Sherlocking. Sure yeah. What'd you think about all the the just nothing burgers of, oh, we added voice, we added this to the, to now it's on all the platforms. Oh, yeah, uh, voice memo. So, like, iPad didn't have voice memo. I didn't even know that. That's weird. Why would iPad not have voice memo? Yeah there's a lot of things that were missing and they just kind of like added them all yeah. to all the platforms. And now they're like, Oh, look what we did. And like, I, I, I have solved that problem already. I don't need you to add it now. Well, and they also they're brought, too late. It's they like brought, a little too late. You know, they brought a handful of iOS apps. They've now created Mac OS versions of them. I can't think right. of one right now, but. Well, voice, voice was one of them. That's going to Mac voice OS. Memo. Yeah. Cause, okay. That's interesting. I mean, cause I would think the way you do that now is you just open up QuickTime and do an audio recording. Yeah. But no, that's, that's, that's an app. There was like, Two other apps that that are that they brought to the iPad, but then when they talked about OS, I don't I keep wanting to say OS ten, OS, OS Mojave or Mac OS. Mac OS. Um, they they listed them there too, but it, again, it was they were just nothing burgers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it Why am could I be using nothing burgers so much? Oh, you like that? This, that's what this. That's basically what this episode is. It popped is. in my head. It's a big nothing burger, and I can't get rid of it. 
Maybe um, I want a burger for dinner. Now, I think one thing cool about though about moving or porting these iOS apps to Mac OS is that I think you take advantage of the probably via iCloud, but um, the the data between them is shared. So, like, if you create some voice memos on your phone, they're probably immediately avail- you know, available on, on your other devices, just like photos, the photo stream or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. I thought what was interesting that was missing was there was no improvements to any of the other native applications like mail or anything like that with this OS. At least they, that they, they, they didn't about. announce anything like that? I, I, like I said, I watched only the clips, so maybe maybe there was something in the full presentation, but nothing on any kind of the mail it's or like they've calendar given up. It's like they've given like up that. on mail. I don't use the mail app anymore. I don't use even the, use the stock calendar app anymore. I don't either. I use Fantastical. Yeah, that's what I use. And uh, I use Spark for my mail. I just use Gmail. But I do use um, Mail Mailplane. I think it, it's it's an it's an Mac OS app, but it you access Gmail through it. And it um, it just it's it's better than having a bunch of tabs because I have like four or five Gmail accounts. Mm-hmm. You have a tab for each one in this, and it um, it's but it does a lot to integrate, like drag and drop and all kinds of stuff. Um, it enhances and makes it better. Yeah, and it's it's not expensive. I think it's like twenty bucks or something like that. But it's, if you want to stick, if you like the Gmail interface and you've, you're used to you're fast with all the keyboard commands, because that's one like Power Gmail users. I mean, they'll mm-hmm. they'll just they'll destroy you with their with their efficiency in Gmail. If you want to keep that, but you want better OS integration. Then mail mail plan. Well, you have to use Gmail if you're going to use. Um, Make sure that's the name of it. What are those Salesforce yeah, plugins? The, the the Gmail plugins. The sync thing or whatever. Yeah, no, they got like the what used to be like the Relate IQ plugin or whatever. Right, they, Salesforce they got, IQ. Yeah, they got all okay. those plugins now, so you got to use the okay that. But anyway, anyway. Well, well, how do you like these beers? They're good. I, Both I, other half, you know. I, well, I, I, okay. I, I gotta admit something. They're good, but I know I'm not tasting them to their fullest because oh, my yeah, yeah. my whole issue here. I, you know what? I was just about to say. So you know, DZH brought us that um, that beer. I don't uh-huh. even want to say where it was from because I don't know if he wants to know. People, <laughs> I don't know if he wants people to know where he's from. Actually, it's not where he's from. It's where uh, I'm just gonna stop now. But anyway, it's from a uh, a faraway country, and it's like a pale ale. And I still have got it in my fridge now, and I've, I keep forgetting to bring it because I put it in a place where no person knows where it is or will mess with it. But the result, the, the flip side of that is that I keep forgetting to bring it because I don't see it. Mm. Um, but I'm glad I didn't bring it today because you wouldn't have been able to taste it. Yeah. So maybe I'm next glad. week. No, well, next week. Uh, so let's talk about Texas Dreaming because that's next week. Is it really? God, that's next week. <gasps> you kidding me? No, I don't think so. I've been so under, under oh, oh, uh, this... Massive Me too. Workload. What days is it? Uh, it's the fourteenth and fifteenth. Wow. Well, at least, oh, that's a Thursday and a Friday. Jeez. Yeah. I have to drive out on like Wednesday morning. Why is that? Because uh, I, I I'm penciled in to meet a client on Wednesday afternoon. What? Yeah. God, that's the problem. You sign up for everything. That's your problem. I'm an employee. I can't say no. Yeah, you can. You can say, you're not allowed to run me ragged like this. Uh, you, you do it to yourself. I'm not blaming anyone else. You do it to yourself. That's, that's your job. I'm a pleaser. Uh, well, it starts, what time does it start Thursday? Is it uh, afternoon think, or morning? I think nine. Well, I don't want to ride separately. That's the only thing. So maybe I'll just ride down with you anyway. We can ride together. Okay, who drives? I drive or you I drive? don't know. We can talk about that offline. You got the fancy new car with all the... Technology. Well, my car's probably way more gas efficient than yours. If that's oh, it. that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can drive. That's fine. I don't mind. So I like that idea. 
All right, man. Well, I think that's an episode. It is. Um, I don't think we have any kind of happy hour thing planned, so maybe as we're there, we'll just kind of wing it. Yeah, we'll figure something um, out. But also, we haven't not celebrated your birthday, so I'm going to buy you a dinner. So think about a place you want to mm. eat at in Austin so I can buy you a damn good Ooh, dinner for your birthday. Nice. Damn good one. Okay. Damn good one. Like, I want a good dinner, too, so on... it better be like tomahawk steak type place. <laughs> okay. That's time we went to the, the some barbecue place. It was really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, I'll think, I'll think about that. I, did I see that you shipped shirts? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because we, uh, we got some thank yous. So that was, that was, oh, we did? Did they all get shipped out? They all got shipped out. Everything got shipped out, so okay. um, it might be on a slow boat to China, but everything got shipped out last week, so okay. it should be should be slowly trickling in. I didn't nice. see anything. What do we have? Sh- have How many? Do we still have a bunch of shirts left? Um, we do. I need to catalog what we have left. Um, we have like one or a few of the black shirts and a lot of the blue shirts, but the sizes like right. we don't have Start, like, starting to get spotty. Yeah. yeah. So I need to inventory, and then we got to figure out what we're going to do about that. I actually like the black shirts better than the blue ones. I do too. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if we, I like re- everything about them better. The color, the fit. Yeah. So if we reorder, I think it'll be the black ones yeah. or grayish, whatever they. Something. Are. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all I got. Yep. Me too. Um, oh, I did want to say, just random, just talking about beer again. I actually got, um, I, I'm unsubscribing to these, uh, these other half beers. I mean, not that they're not good, but they all, honestly, they all start to taste the same to me. <laughs> and they're not cheap. I mean, each, each one of these cans is, cost me $10. Oh, you're kidding me. No. Can you uh, believe that? I, I owe you some beer then. You do owe me some beer. But no, I, I, the other day I kegged my latest beer, which is, um, it's a, like a New England IPA. It's, but it's, it's only like, it's, uh, it's, I haven't actually measured the gravity yet. It's probably, it's probably about 6%. And it's uh, Citra and Wakatu hops. Wakatu is a uh, New Zealand hop. Waka Waka. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it t- I tried it last night. Really good. So I'll bring some of that in. I've always so, wanted to go to New Zealand. Yeah, I would too. It just it happens to be somewhat far. Yeah. It takes a while to get there. Yeah. All right, John. Do your thing. And to that, I say good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.